everyone, and welcome to episode 140 of Rain Delay Radio, a baseball podcast. Uh, my name is Nime, and uh, joining me this week is Pat to talk about the news of the week. Uh, Pat, how's it going? What's up? Pretty good. Opening day in the NFL. Go Birds. Well, stressful game. I was... <laughs> was uh, I shouldn't be pacing across my living room on game one of the season. I really shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be. But, but here we are. Who are they I, playing? Uh, they were playing the Patriots. It was Tom Brady's yeah. retirement ceremony, in fact. For oh, the really? Patriots. It was Tom Brady Appreciation Day. So it was cool to see the Eagles go in and ruin it. Um, but, you know, it's good to know that the NFL still doesn't know what I'm honestly, catches. I didn't, I, I, I'm so disconnected from the NFL. I didn't realize Brady finally retired for real. They retired last year for real. Um, but, you know, we had, we had some fun stuff like the NFL not knowing what it catches um, because apparently you need a scientific method to figure out what it catches in the NFL. So that's exciting. Um, you know, good, good stuff all around. Um, but now we're just chilling, hanging out here with you guys so there we go um yeah i don't watch football so i i, I watch um what the british call football which is the stl uh city football uh, soccer club is currently beating the la galaxy two to one um but there's still half an hour well, to play uh, so anything you'll, can you'll happen. be happy to know that the rams did win the day <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> I've never been a big like fan of uh, gridiron football, but yes, the the, the team that I root uh, for is whoever is playing against the Rams. That's 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 my that's my team. Um. Uh. So yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about baseball. That's that's enough about football. Yeah. Uh. From the from the Arizona Cardinals to the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh. But let's actually start talking about the Los Angeles Angels. Uh. uh only because to tie into last week's episode, just real just real quick. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to it. Um. I, I'm going to start actually with uh Anthony Rendon. Uh, because it's the smaller story, but but ties greatly into last week's episode too. So Anthony Rendon was asked about his injury uh, to a reporter and said, no habla inglés, um, which it really, you know, if you listen to last week's episode, again, if you haven't listened, go back and listen. It's all about the Angels, Evergreen episode. Um, check it out. But um, for those who have listened, they talk quite a bit about how Anthony Rendon's contract has been you know, a disaster, uh, much like every Angels contract over the last 10 years uh, has been, uh, you know, pretty much an unmitigated disaster. Um, but a big part of that is that he's constantly injured. And, you know, not only that, refuses to talk to reporters about it. Um, and like, this is, you know, basically, like they said, a story where if another player did this, who was performing or who had a record of like doing this kind of like, you know, like talking to press and like one day he's like, you know what? I'm just not feeling it. That'd be one thing. But the fact that Rendon never, ever talks to press, you never, ever know what's going on with him, even though he's always, always on the IL is, is emblematic of the issues and the drama that they've had with Anthony Rendon in the last few years. Yeah. You know, he got his bag and then he said, um, I'm done. You know, I, I don't care anymore. And um, so weird, but because no, that's the thing, right? Like it's, it's so odd. Cause, cause when they were talking about it, it's like, Hey, he did the same thing with the Nats. It's just that with the Nats, he was performing. So it's not like he's changed as a person. It's just that now you kind of feel like you're owed an explanation because when he was, you know, a third, fourth year, fourth year vet who was consistently performing, um, that like, if there was ever an issue, like he can kind of get away with being nonchalant, but now, First of all, going into a new market, immediately not performing a major contract, like 
you that's when you need to start taking responsibility and like being the coy aloof guy doesn't really work anymore yeah it, it doesn't make sense right like you got paid the money play right no. well again like you, look if you get hurt you get hurt right i get it but like when you get hurt and you're underperforming a contract in that way you've got to turn around and like ingratiate yourself to fans because you haven't had the chance to nobody yeah. like the one season he was healthy was the COVID season. Um, after that, he's consistently been injured. And so, and fans weren't at the COVID season. Right. So yeah. like nobody, nobody has a story where like I was at the game where Anthony Rendon hit a major hit home run because he yeah. did all those when he was healthy in that one COVID season. Right. And like, he's done a couple, you know, obviously he hasn't like completely disappeared, but, it's so rare. It's such a rare occurrence that nobody has like positive memories of the good Anthony Rendon season, um, which means you have to get fans to like you. And the way to get fans to like you is either play well or play ball with reporters and like, you know, be humble and like ingratiate yourself to them in the way that the person we're going to talk about Mike Trout does like Mike Trout is not a super flashy player. He doesn't really talk about, you know, he's like, he's very much like, yeah, we played a good game. You know, like he's, he's very straightforward, but he's also straightforward when, you know, when his injuries happen and he's like, yep, "Yep, I want to get back on the field and this sucks. Um, Like that's all people like people don't want to hear you actually give the medical details, Anthony Rendon. They just want you to hear that you're also frustrated by what's happening. Right. Like that's it. Nobody, nobody is like is going to get pissed that you hurt yourself. You right. know, it's just, it's just when you seem to not care about it. But I don't think he doesn't care. I think that's just his personality. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I think so. Um. So that's that's Anthony Rendon. Uh, the bigger story, um, re- revolving around the Angels, who we swore last week we would not talk about again. But, but here, here we, we are. are because they can't <laughs> stop. Ugh. Here we are talking about the Angels. The Angels, and this is not like a shock. Um, in fact, they talked about it in last week's episode, but the Angels did inform Mike Trout he may seek a trade if he so chooses. So they talked about the possibility of this, but not, you know, this actually happened like today or yesterday where the Angels did officially tell Trout that he like, if he wants to leave, he can start to pursue that. Um, and like, and because it is Trout's no trade clause. Yeah. So Trout has the option of whether he wants to stay or whether he wants to leave. But if he wants to leave and it's, and it's also, you know, it's an organization thing of like, Hey, we can't tell you we're trading you. Um, but if you would like to be traded, we'll trade boy, you. Yeah. can we do that? <laughs> so like, it is kind of the organization pushing him out in a way, um, which kind of tracks with, I mean, in a number of ways, what, Isai said last week, but also what seems to be the organizational ethos uh, here in whatever you want to call this phase of Artie, like the 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 post I have something to prove Artie Moreno era, um, uh, is you move on from Trout and Otani and you scratch it all and you start from scratch um because clearly you have if you haven't been able to win with the i think this is almost a direct quote if you haven't been able to win with the greatest play the two greatest players of their generation um then you kind of need to get over give up and start from scratch um and so maybe that it seems kind of like that's what they're trying to do is give up and start from scratch you know so here's my thing with this 
I don't think trading Trout is going to be as easy as they think it will be, simply yeah. because Mike Trout has not stayed healthy right. at all the last, my God, five years. Yeah, no, exactly. That's absolutely oh, true. my God, six years. Yeah. Well, one of those are the COVID seasons. Season. Seven seasons. Oh, yeah, he was healthy during the COVID season. He was but healthy during the COVID season. I would say he was healthy last... 2018 and 19, but, like, yeah, I, 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 get, I yeah. get your point. So... There's the money aspect as well, the injury aspect. I don't think they're to, to, get... to put it this way, real quick. The the only season that he had without 600 plate appearances for his first seven years was 2017, or his first eight years. Yeah, and he hasn't had a season with 600 plate appearances since, or even 500. Yeah. So there's there's that, and there's he he didn't look like Mike Trout this year, you know. Well, again, he kind of did. He did at points at moments. Yeah, um, well, he certainly fell off, and there's that degenerative back condition he has that David right. Wright had that it's, is it's, starting it's, to rear its head. I think. Yeah, it's it's all it's all health issues. Everything everything here is a health issue. Like even this year, right? Like, yeah, he was like he there was flashes of him being the Mike Trout you expected, and then there were there were other things. But he also you know has only played 82 games this season. Is going to finish with less yeah. than, you know, probably less than 120 games. So again, you can kind of attribute that to injury. Now in the past, even when he was injured, he still had a Mike Trout season, just a shortened one. Right. Um, and so this season, I agree. This he didn't season, have a Mike Trout season. Yeah. Cause I he feel had... like that, that condition is rearing his head. Now, you know, what teams could really go for him or have the financial means to, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's the same thing we always talk about, right? It's it's the, it's the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Yankees, Sox, the Cardinals, Dodgers, Red yeah. Sox, those teams. But who wants to is the thing. Like, yeah, it's Mike Trout, but this isn't Mike Trout, the greatest player in baseball right now. This is a different right. Mike Trout. And look, I would love Trout to come home to Philly. Right. That would be amazing. But it's a matter of what you would have to give up and the amount of money you're taking on for all those years for a player with a degenerative back condition right now. I do want to say something I noticed is that when we were listing the teams that could afford it, we both said the same like five teams and then our home team. Yeah. <laughs> Which is it's that's true. Not, it's not unreasonable though. Those are the no. teams. No, it's true. Those are the teams. And like it's just I mentioned the Cardinals, you mentioned the Phillies, and neither of us mentioned the op- the other. <laughs> it's like, well, you're not neither of us was wrong. <laughs> and the, the the Cubs probably could as well, although I don't um, want to speak the it into Ra- existence. The Rangers probably could, but I don't think there'd be an interdivision trade with Rangers, Trout. the Padres. Oh, God. Um, Just because they're nuts and you never, you know, you can't count them out of anything like that. So, like, there are, like, a couple of extra teams that could do it. Trout. Honestly, I mean, the, the Padres feel so within reason. Um, yeah. Uh, like, as- aside from the fact that Trout might be wary of wanting to go there but like the Padres so. are clearly willing to spend all that money they have they have what should be a great team um so I, like I think it's most likely Trout would approve if if all these suitors put in Trout would probably approve the trade to Philly above all of them simply because it's No, home. I agree with that. I agree with that. The question is whether Philly wants like and I, I don't know able to or thing. or wants to put together a trade package. I think of the I, teams I think they would they they would be able to put together a trade package. The problem is, sure. you know, would, would they, they want, want to? to? Yeah, that's because... what I'm saying. With, with with everything considered, I think that the most likely landing destination feels like the Padres because they're willing to do crazy stuff like that. Yeah, um, and they're the team that's most willing to do that. Maybe the Mets. Um, oh, although no, if he's that big a Phillies that. fan, he he's probably wouldn't go to the Mets. But but like yeah. the Mets, I feel like are capable of it. Um, 
I agree about the interdivision, but I could see the Rangers doing it anyway. Uh, like, you know, overpaying for like the divisional tax. Um, and yeah, I think like the, yeah, I mean, I, I it would be insane for the Yankees too, you know, <laughs> like truly. It, it, it like, definitely feels like if this happens, it's going to be Philly or San Diego, I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And like staying but in Southern California, like every knowing, sort of... knowing how Dombrowski is, this is probably the splash you'd want to make just to um, get get Trout here into the playoffs. Right, yeah. I, <sighs> like that's a very Dombrowski move. So, Dombrowski reminds me, like, I feel like maybe the Red Sox are, like, in play as well. Yeah. Um, Here's the thing. Trout needs to go somewhere with wild weather. That's the big true. thing. He's yeah, got to go somewhere with amazing weather. That's just all over the place. Uh, uh, so, welcome to the so, Cubs. So, 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 not San Mike Diego, Trout. then, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, not that's... San Diego. Uh, either, either a, a... every morning it's gonna be 72 and sunny it's gonna be like another trade i gotta get out of here <laughs> yeah he needs to go to somewhere in the midwest or or on the east coast i was i was talking to uh, my friend jake about this the other day about like you know like what if you know if the if the cardinals because he was a big trout fan when trout came up big otani fan when otani you know came over so like has always kind of rooted for the angels like as like a hey like i want these two guys to succeed and uh, I sent him like the thought of like, what if Trout gets traded? And then uh, today, when this news broke, I mentioned it as well. And it's like, hey, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it's like it feels just at the at the point of reason for like the Cardinals to like make that kind of trade, like get you know get a guy who is a little splashy to add to Arenado and Goldschmidt, but the health, but the health, like it's right. so anyway. Um, uh, boy, can you imagine Trout, Trout Goldschmidt, and Arnado in the middle of an order? <laughs> that would be that'd be insane. That would be so wild. And of course, like Goldschmidt seems over the hill, and Trout, you know, might you know uh, almost certainly has his best years behind him. Um, but yeah, it still would be quite a quite a two, three, four, or three, four, three, four, five. One of those, you know. I mean, hey, look, Bryce Harper does say Trout is his favorite player, one of his best friends. No, I know, I know. That he, feels within he, reason too. Be cool to have those two on the same team finally. Yeah, that would be cool. That'd be cool. Um, all right, uh, moving to the other uh, side of LA. Um, just real quick, want to mention this, uh, and you know, we don't like to take too much time uh, on this like real life crappy stuff. Um, yeah. Julio Urias, Julio Urias is on the restricted list for uh, domestic violation of Major League Baseball's domestic violence policy. This is his second offense, right? Yep. Um, I mean, there's really nothing that we can say. This is like uh, awful you know, it's just, and it's like way to uh, further ruin the free agency payout you would have gotten. I know, right? Good yeah, job. yeah. I mean, just like ugh, so stupid and awful, and like what a piece of crap. Um, respect your girlfriends, respect your wives, respect your boyfriends, your husbands. Yeah, don't 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 hit people. Don't don't be yeah. don't be don't be a loser. Like this absolutely, guy. yeah. Um, that's that. That's hilarious. Moving on. Uh, the Chicago White Sox officially were eliminated from playoff contention this week uh, or last week. I, something like that. Um, when they fired, I don't remember if we talked about them firing. Um, they, uh, uh, oh, forgot their names now. Oh, the, the I don't even, they're, they're Kenny, Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. 
Yeah. Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. I needed a second to get there. Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn, uh, they they fired last uh, week uh, or or something like that, a week or two ago. And uh, they announced Chris Getz as the new GM of the White Sox. Um, You know, (laughs) you know, it's there's there's a couple of former players who are GMs right now, right? Bean, yep. obviously, is the the well-known one. Chris Young from the Rangers. Sam um, Fold, the Phillies. Sam Fold, Phillies, yeah. Um, uh, I will say, of those four guys, the only one who is at the top of the food chain is Billy Bean, right? Billy Bean is the president oh, yeah. of baseball ops. Sam Fold has a boss, Dombrowski, and... Uh, um, uh, Chris Young has a boss who I believe is Dayton Moore. I believe so, yes. <laughs> Which is just a weird thing to say. Um, so uh, yeah, so like, uh, I think Getz is the boss in Chicago. Uh, yeah, and that's not something that I feel like is gonna go well. No, that's uh, like they're this this team is like a massive dumpster fire right now. And by the way, Rick Hahn was already in the org. Let's not Rick Hahn. Uh, Chris Getz. Chris Getz was already in the org. It's not like he was like brought in from outside to fix what's up. He was the no. assistant general manager, which is silly because I think they needed an outside guy to come in. Yeah, it seems very clear but... that's what they need is like somebody from the outside who's been successful with another team come in and fix whatever we've got going the on. White Sox are just another case of stubborn ownership. It's, it's and, like, such, yeah. this, this team is a dumpster fire now, you know. And I, I doubt they're going to try and trade Caesar or Robert in the offseason, which they honestly should. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they might. I, I it's, it's hard to really. They, t- they I could, but like they have no farm. Cease has the two years left, right? Are, and and um, yeah. Robert has like three, so Robert might stick around. But Cease, well, Robert's got that really cheap extension, so they right. Okay, so Robert, yeah, Robert probably there to him. stay. I, I, I think Cease probably goes in the um, trade deadline or the, or next off season. And if it's the off season after that, then, you know, <laughs> then that's bad. But in this off season, I think they can hold on to him because he's got two years of team control left. So even if they yeah. trade him next year, you still have a year and a half of him. So I think they're going to hold it because they didn't have like an amazing season this year. So holding on to cease is not necessarily the worst. If they're holding on to him the next off season, then they've done something wrong. I think. Yeah, I agree. They've done a lot wrong already. Like, and and Jerry Reinsdorf. I mean, like, this is this is a well documented case of ownership. There's a whole documentary about <laughs> like about Jerry Reinsdorf as a as a owner who's who gets two hands on, you know. Um yeah. So like, he's you know he's obviously well known for this. So uh, that's it's a very very clear case of it. And like he said in like an interview, um, like. I would sell the teams, but I got no other hobbies. Like, <laughs> like this is all right. I do is is ruin the Bulls and the White Sox. You know, like it's all I've got. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's like, what a wild thing for someone to say. It's, it's insane out there. I was uh, I was talking to our mutual friend uh, John because uh, we went to a, yeah. a White Sox game together, and like. Did you get shot? Did you guys, you guys were safe, right? <laughs> no, no, we were we were at the next day. Yeah. Okay. Good. Glad yeah, you were yeah. safe. 
Um, we we did. We were safe. Yeah, we were actually at Dylan C's bobblehead night. Dude, um, the games are dangerous now. You gotta yeah, be careful yeah, out listen, there. Games. South side of Chicago. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, I was saying that I think. Eh, <laughs> And again, like didn't have I didn't think about this too hard, but I think Jordan should buy the White Sox. You know what? That would be that would be interesting. He's got the ties, um, obviously to not only the White Sox, but to um to obviously Chicago. Um and uh uh I think the Charlotte Knights are a White Sox affiliate, right? They are correct. Yeah. So like, it's got all the connections there. He's obviously wealthy, you know, like, and, and, and the, the, and you know, what, what, uh, what John said was like, he's not a great owner. And I agree with that. He's been a really terrible owner for the Charlotte Hornets, but he knows basketball. So like his issue with being meddling is that he's being meddling because he thinks he knows basketball better than the execs, which maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, whatever, whatever. Um, maybe he hires bad execs, maybe the game has passed him by in that way. But he doesn't think he knows baseball in that way. Like Michael Jordan doesn't no. think he's, you know, nobody thinks Michael Jordan is the best baseball player in the world. So no. I feel like as a baseball owner, he'd be a lot less meddling because he knows that other people know better than him. Um, so I, I, just, I feel like just like on paper, it feels like it works that like he'd be part of an ownership group at least and, and like be the face of that group. Like, uh, like magic Johnson, and the Dodgers. Yeah, I could see that. So, um, uh, Michael Jordan, if you're listening by the white Sox, do it. <laughs> um, and you know, he's got a relationship with Jerry, you know, I don't think he hates Jerry Reinsdorf. No, I don't think so. I think I, you know, like obviously they didn't have like the best relationship at the end there, but like I, they they clearly have a relationship. Yeah. So, you know, I think it could maybe, work out. Maybe, maybe. Seems it seems doable. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about <laughs> boy, another incompetent front office. Uh, the Washington Nationals. <laughs> oh the, uh, yeah. The Nationals uh, announced a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about it quite a bit on the podcast, the retirement of Steven Strasburg, that, uh, that he would be announcing his retirement from baseball. And, uh, you know, they, they, uh, re- reports were that their uh, agreement was worked out, that Strasburg would retire um, and would still get all the money he was owed by the Nationals. Right. Um, that they would pay him the money, he'd pay him out the money that they owed him. Just have him retire now, so that they can get the roster spot, and they can actually, and also so they can clear it off their books because yeah. they, you know, the money going to Strasburg, who is not a player, um, and through a different contract, who officially retired would would not count as player salary for purposes of luxury tax it would count as miscellaneous spending um uh i'm not an expert by the way i'm not like but like something along those lines is what is true (laughs) like i i I feel like i said it with like a lot of authority (laughs) but like anyway um so what what happened after that is uh, they announced um, earlier this week that his retirement ceremony was being canceled, and uh, and the um, the word was that it was canceled over a dispute over the terms 
Uh, what was supposed to happen was Strasburg was going to have his number, a uh, number retirement ceremony next year, um, retire now, get paid out the rest of his money. Uh, he invited his like family out to, to the retirement ceremony. And the commissioner's office is essentially, again, from the reports, kiboshed it and said, this is... Um, Basically a bad precedent. It's a bad precedent. Essentially, and, and to, to, to play commissioner's advocate for a moment here um i get where they're coming from to have like you know would miguel cabrera for example have played the last two years if he wasn't under contract to play them right like right it was hard for him to make up an injury strasburg has real injuries cabrera doesn't have like big injuries that are ending his career but he's also not like you know he's done (laughs) like he's cooked right so would a would a guy like that i mean Cabrera's not the best example, but a guy like that, would he play out the rest of his contract or avoid the embarrassment, get paid the money anyway, announce his retirement, which helps out the team because they get to take that money off their books? Um, that's a potential thing that could happen with with a guy like, you know, Cabrera or um Chris Chris Young a few years or not Chris Young, Chris Davis a few years ago. Yeah. Um, or, you know, uh um maybe even like Albert Pujols, you know, going into like, which would have robbed us of what we got. Um, but like, you know, would if the, the angels might have offered him something like that, if they knew it could get him out, get out of the luxury tax and just have to still pay him 25 million or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I get where they're coming from on that. This feels like a situation <laughs> where you can be like, Hey, we're not le- like, this is not a precedent setting event. This is a special case. No. This dude has been this is, injured. This is- <laughs> Like screwed up that this guy's not going to play baseball again. You know, yeah, like like the, the commissioner's office should not be stepping in on, on stuff like this. Like, like you, I think they're setting a bad precedent. And like again, yeah. this is this is more examples of Rod Manfred just being the worst commissioner baseball has ever seen. Like this is uh, let the dude have his money for God's sakes. I mentioned this in our group chat the other day um, that uh, they should make Bernie Sanders the commissioner of baseball. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, that would be he's so good. He's like he's, he's like, and because he really cares, he really cares he about baseball. Like he cares so much. Like in, like he put like bills forth for like about like the the antitrust exemption that MLB has. Like was the only sponsor of the bill. He had no co sponsors. Um, yep. You know, like. Um, and like, and uh, he's talked about how the Dodgers leaving Brooklyn are an inspiration, like are a big inspiration for like the way he grew up and like, and his, yeah. his, like his outlook on life is that like the Dodgers belonged to Brooklyn. They didn't belong to the guy who footed the bill and he shouldn't, right. have been, he shouldn't have been allowed to move them to Los Angeles. Like he's very passionate about that stuff. I think, I think whatever, you know, whatever your politics are, which, um, it's a different discussion. Um, yeah. um, Bernie Sanders would be a great commissioner of baseball. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, this sucks of the commissioner's office to do. And, uh, and you know, it would, I hope they figure something out with Strasburg because he... I hope so, Because he does, I mean, he deserves to, like, retire with dignity, but get paid the money he's owed. And, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, if, if, like, if you got to sit on the next three years for the roster, sit on the next three years, but, like... It, it, and. Prince Fielder had a similar situation where he didn't officially retire. He just put himself on the restricted list 
um, right. and took his money. Um, yeah. But I think that still counts as payroll for the team purposes. And the team is trying to get right. out of that payroll because they're trying to sell that team. <laughs> they need to get rid of like stuff like that. Right. So it's it, I get why the Nationals are trying to do it that way and why the commissioner's office would say this is a bad precedent. But like, you know, in the Prince Fielder situation, on, yeah. like Fielder should have been yeah. allowed to retire too. Like it's not the team's fault. It's not the player's fault. No. The dude is medically incapable of playing baseball anymore. <laughs> let him no. retire and like let him pay out his contract. I don't know. It's just the baseball to make. Yeah. Um, hey, something that'll come as a no surprise to anyone, keeping in the NL East. Uh, I've been killing it with the segues today. Uh, keeping, <laughs> keeping it in the NL East. Uh, the Atlanta Braves clinched a playoff spot. Again, surprising. Abdelin, uh that team has been truly on fire all season. Like, no breaks, <laughs> all gas. Uh, that's it. Like, They've lost like they've lost weirdly they've lost more to losing teams than winning teams. They just lost a series at the Cardinals this week. Um and they got swept by the A's earlier this season. Doesn't really make sense. But uh just an incredible I mean the 93 wins and there's like almost a month left to go in the season. Yeah. Um when they um lose in the division series to the Phillies again, it's going to hit that right. It's <laughs> really going And like Braves fans won't admit it. Dylan won't admit it, but I don't think the Braves want to run into Philadelphia in the division series. I, you know, it's funny just because of what happened last year. I, I mentioned in our in our group chat the other day, like, will like if the Braves don't win the World Series, is it a disappointment? And and Dylan, like, li- very level headedly, or at least hedgingly, was like, I don't think you can call losing the World Series a disappointment. Like, if you make it to the World yeah. Series, like, you know, the playoffs are so random, and like again. And it's very level-headed, but also very much like, hey, I want to keep expectations. Like, but but he did admit, like, if they don't at least make it to the NLCS, like that is, uh, yeah, like that's trouble. Yeah, a huge waste of of an incredible season. Yeah. Um, but as it stands, see how far they get. And they're the first team to clinch. By the way, because the uh, the second best team in the uh, major leagues are the Baltimore Orioles, which is also a weird sentence to say, who are only uh, three games ahead of the Rays. So that is still a race to watch. Uh, and we'll talk about that later uh, when we talk about um, the key series of the weekend. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's that. There's still there's still tightness uh, in the American League East and the AL Central is so mid that no, nobody has like the twins still have not broken ahead but uh uh it's likely guardians still could but still likely and the al west was also a lot of fun and we talked about that too yeah um by the way the dodgers probably will be next because they're 12 games ahead of the oh, 13 games ahead of the diamondbacks so even though they're uh a win behind the second best team in the American League, which is in the AL East. Uh, like, they're still <laughs> clinch first. Um, okay, let's talk about this Brewers Yankees game. Yeah, so I did not watch this. So you're gonna like when I when I saw this, I was shocked. Like, like I didn't see the whole game, but when I saw this little snippet, yeah, I was I was shocked. So, so you're gonna have to fill me in on how this went. So essentially, I did, I did not watch the first nine innings of this game because um, what, what happened was again in our group chat somebody mentioned that Corbin Burns was 
doing a thing um and uh, uh it was like through seven um and i was like oh cool okay like carbon burns like but like i don't like i dislike the brewers enough to not like tune into a brewers game because someone's making history mm-hmm. um so i was like it's fine and it's not enough it wasn't a perfect game so so like I, I i can like i can avoid it um and i'll be good um and then I got the notification on the MLB app that was uh, that the no-hitter was maintained through 10. Uh, and then I turned the game on, because at that point I was like, well, now this is interesting. <laughs> um, and so essentially what happened was Burns went eight innings, no hits. Uh, Devin Williams came in, threw an inning, the ninth inning, no hits, which was essentially what happened in Corbin Burns' last no-hitter, except with Josh Hader instead of Devin Williams. That was in 2021, the year of the no-hitter. Um, and um, I forget the last guy's name, um, but uh, uh, he came in uh, in the 10th inning um, and uh, gave up what looked like a surefire double and uh, mm-hmm. um, Sal Freelich, like robbed it at the wall while also um, uh what's his name uh um joey weimer was like also running towards the ball so he like elbowed joey weimer in the lip joey weimer had a bloody lip Um, but he made the catch and preserved the no hitter so that was that was the uh like bottom of the 10th so we go into the top of the 11th um and uh i forget the pitcher who came in i think it was joel pyomps um Joel, Joel Piams is come, still in the majors. Wow. Yeah. It's Joel Piams. <laughs> Joel Piams comes in, uh, gets an out, and then immediately gives up. Uh, uh, oh, no. So, so at, at, in, the, in the top of the inning, in the top of the 11th, the Brewers score a run. Like they, they eco run across, uh, I think Tyrone Taylor hits um like a, a double that scores or a single that scores victor caratini so um so it's now one nothing brewers so now you all pions is coming in to get the save finish the no-no. <laughs> to, like to finish the no-no and get the save okay. he comes in uh gets it gets the first out so it's a no hitter through 10 yep. and a third uh and then gives up the double to um i don't remember who oswaldo cabrera i think um mm-hmm. and uh uh and now it's no hitters gone Shutout's on, and it's now a tie ball game. <laughs> uh, oh, right then. Uh, here in the top of the 11th, uh, Piomps gets out of the inning. I don't think, I don't remember if he gets the next two guys out or just like gets out of the inning. Um, oh no, I think actually he does. Um, there's a, a, a single or, or like a walk. I think he walks the next batter, um, and the next batter is Aaron Judge. And they intentionally oh. walk Aaron Judge with runners on first and second. Um, uh, so they intentionally walk the bases loaded and, um, Piomps gets out of it by, uh, getting out, uh, Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres hits a single, hits a, what should be a single straight through the middle, but, um, Bryce Terang makes a really great play and tags yeah. second and gets the out and gets out of the, uh, gets out of the, um, 11th, um, in the top of the 12th. The Brewers score two more runs, um, which feels like great insurance, right? Two runs. Uh, and then yeah, Andrew Chafin comes in to now, again, get the save, close the game. Andrew Chafin's not been good all season. 
uh, Giancarlo Stanton comes up and hits a leadoff two-run home run. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> It's just like, it's just like, it's insane. <laughs> it's the one thing he can still do. <laughs> he does it. I'm, um, I'm impressed. And then uh, Chafin gets the next three outs. <laughs> um, uh, in the top of the 13th inning now, the Brewers uh, get runners to first and second. Um, and then a wild pitch gets them to second and third, but there's two outs. And and um, William Contreras sh- strikes out or pops up or something like that. William Contreras gets the third out. Brewers don't do anything. Uh, and then in the bottom of the 13th, um, again, I think it might have been Oswaldo Cabrera, hits a walk-off double. <laughs> oh, no, Kyle Higashioka. Kyle Higashioka hit the walk-off double. Uh, so the Yankees win 4-3 to three in a game that they were no hit for the first 10 and the third innings. <laughs> I I have no words. That's that's just an astounding special. baseball <laughs> that you're able to do something like that. That's that's special. Oh my I... god, dude! How sad. And then it's funny because like Andrew Chafin like has been a closer before, and he'd been yeah. really bad this year, but had like his last few outings were pretty good. But right. like they were pretty deep into the bullpen, even though their starter went eight. And they only had used one reliever. I think they probably because they had won the other two games. So they're trying. They're going for the sweep of the Yankees too, um, right? So I think they probably used their bullpen arms quite a bit in the previous two games. And so all they had was Yoel Pons and Andrew Chafin to like close close this game. That that's wow. Yeah, that's one of the games ever played. For sure, <laughs> it was it was That's wild, dude. Because I mean, they mentioned like there's never been a no hit like an 11 inning no hitter in baseball, um, in yeah. history. So if you all kind of closed it out, he would have been part of the only 11 inning no hitter ever in baseball history, uh, in Major League Baseball history. Um, and he couldn't do it. <laughs> wow! Wow! All right. Yep. yep. That. That's. That's. It was it that, was a really fun game is, to watch, and I only watched four innings of it. <laughs> that is a baseball game for yeah. sure. Yeah, one of the games of all time, right there. One wow. of the games of all time. Very yep. very good for everyone involved, except probably <laughs> those that witnessed it. Just, well, the, the, wow. it, was, it was in New York, so mm-hmm. so Yankees fans, uh, you know. Got to watch a Yankees win, even though, like, they got to watch the Yankees get no hit through ten and the third, and then and win. It's quite, it's quite that's, a game. That's, I. Baseball's a fun sport. Baseball is such a unique sport that you get stuff like that. You can get absolutely dominated for five innings or nine innings, for ten innings. Ten innings, oh, uh, ten and a third. Ten and a third, because it was zero zero too. That's the thing is that like the Brewers yeah. are not great at hitting. <laughs> no, they're not. And, and like Christian Yelich, who has like had been up and down the last few years, but has been pretty good this year again, was yeah. like was out for like back tightness or something, and like like out out because he didn't even come in as a as a pinch hitter. So like he oh, was wow. just like he was out for the game. And they, they he was not an option, so you know they had like Nelson or not, not Nelson Cruz, uh, Carlos Santana batting third, um, uh, with um, uh, I think William Contreras batting fourth. Like it's like 
not the ideal lineup. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. And, and Garrett Cole was the other pitcher. So it was like, uh, I think our friend Riley said in the chat, like it, the, uh, uh, Corbin Burns in the 2023 Brewers versus Garrett Cole in the 2023 Yankees felt like it was bound to be a no-hitter on one side of the equation. <laughs> yeah, that is certainly... That is a baseball game. <laughs> that is a baseball game. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Impressive. I, very impressive. I uh, was right, busy I, watching the Eagles and I missed that. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, Pat, it's, I think it's time to talk about your key series of the week. Our new segment. Right. I need to get yeah. a sounder for this. We, we do. Hold on. Wait, do I have a... There we go. I have Beautiful. a soundboard on there my mixer. <laughs> there we go. All right. Key series of the week. Well, let's take a look at the wild card standings before we jump into this. So, uh, some interesting weeks for all the teams involved, especially the NL. Um, you know, I just had the wild card standings. Yeah. So the, the NL right now, Philly is four games ahead of the Cubs. The Cubs are two yeah. games ahead of Arizona. Arizona's half a game ahead of Miami. Miami is a game uh, ahead of Cincinnati. Philadelphia is two games ahead of the Cubs. They're four games ahead of Arizona. Sorry. Yes, correct. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yes. Oh. Uh, so Philly, Philly's two ahead. Uh, Cubs are two ahead. Arizona is half a game ahead of Miami. Miami's a game ahead of Cincinnati. Cincinnati's yeah. half a game ahead of San Francisco. Um, so the NL and the Brewers are only uh, two and a half, I think, ahead of the Cubs. Um, three, yeah. sorry. They're three ahead of the Cubs. So like the the Cubs are currently in both the wild card race and the division race. Uh, and there's also five other their teams in the wild card race so the brewers are also kind of in the wild card race because they're only uh, a game ahead of philly um yeah but but only three games ahead of the cubs like i said in the division standings so let's start here with props to the miami marlins i thought they were done for um yeah. they're eight and two over their last 10 um they pick baseball <laughs> they they have a shot at getting into this um philly had a rough rough week um but still have been able to remain ahead in this um cubs also had a bit of a midweek but you know they still have their spot and then arizona is pretty good winning the series that they had to right to get where they are so yeah man it's stayed tight like there. i think you know i think the only team that's dropped out of this since we started talking about it is the padres who never really felt in it but like we're like just close enough to in it yeah and you know what i i'll just still just too too back I want to say the Giants are done, but they're they're so I, not so right. Close. They're just two back of Arizona. Yeah, it's and they play the Diamondbacks for two. Not this week, but next week. It's so like yeah. that could be an actual like two game swing in two yeah. games. You know? Yeah, um, just, just very wild. What's what's going on? It's the here. wild card, you know. And I will yeah, say so. Like the, there, there is an argument that the third wild card is what brings this because the Giants wouldn't would only would be four games out if not for the third wild card. But right. I think four games is still close enough at this point in the season for like, yeah, with, for, like, like even if there were two. I'm not a huge fan of the third wild card. Um, uh, I won't be until my team gets saved by it. Um, so yeah. <laughs> you know, um, which which I think is how I felt about the second wild card. Uh, <laughs> when it got introduced, it really saved the Cardinals that season. Um. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think in, in this particular case, even with a third wild card in both 
uh, both leagues, it would still be the same number of teams in the race. But uh, right now, yeah. with three wild cards, there's going to be an extra team actually going to the playoffs. Yeah, so the the NL is like still extremely wide open. Um, I do still think the wild card, the first wild card game, will be in Philadelphia, because um, they they're doing enough to hold on to that spot. Now, how they do against the Braves this week and next week, we'll see. But um, yeah, they're holding on to that right now. Yeah, they they play a doubleheader tomorrow against Atlanta. Um, it's going to be Nick Castellano's greatest day ever. Um, uh, and then in the American League, yeah. the um, the Rays, as I mentioned earlier, two games back of the Orioles. Um, so the the one of the AL East teams is basically guaranteed the the first wild card spot. Whether it's the Orioles or the Rays is in a little bit of question. Um, right. And then the Blue Jays. Uh, are a game ahead of Seattle, who is half a game ahead of Texas, um, and Seattle is only I think two and a half or, or three back of Houston in the um, division standings. Two and a half, um, which means yeah. Texas is only three back. So it's it's a lot like a condensed version of the NL Central, um, where where those teams are all quite tight. Houston has taken a lead, which they hadn't had for a little while. Um, but they they have uh, uh, you know taken taken a slight lead in that uh, race, um, but that means four teams are in the AL wild card race: Tampa Bay, Toronto, Seattle, and Texas. Um, yeah. And then, like I said, you know Baltimore and Tampa Bay might flip flop at some point. But so getting into the series of the week, um, we're going to have the Blue Jays versus Rangers. That's going to be, I mean, that's huge for the wild card standings. Yep. You know, one of these teams could knock the other out. Um, big one here as well is the Rays versus the Orioles. I think this is going to decide the NL East. Or, I'm yeah, sorry, the AL, AL East. East. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think this series decides it. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think, I think, I mean, there's obviously quite a bit of baseball to play, but there's like this is this is a definitely this is a series. It's definitely a, the the, yeah, a pivotal series for the AL East, um, and therefore the wild card stand. If you're if you're you know on one of those three wild card teams, would you rather play the Orioles or would you rather play the Rays? And and the Orioles have had right. bullpen issues since um, what's the name Castro? What's the um? Oh, I. I forgot. Oh, uh, um, Batista. Batista, Felix Batista. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's, um, he's gone down. Uh, yeah, so because because he is injured, like they've really lost um, the stability in the bullpen there. Yeah. Um. So they, they have not had great bullpens the last few outings. Um. So no. there's there's certainly room for the Rays. Um. And and thus room for, you know, right now the um, the Blue Jays, um, who would, you know, I would guess rather play the the Orioles than the Rays. Yeah. Um, then we have over on the National League side, we have the Diamondbacks versus the Cubs. Uh, this is huge because this could decide um, the second wild card spot and also the first if the Phillies get swept by Atlanta. Yeah. Um, both of these teams have a big shot to really move up um, and change the whole dynamic. And then Brewers versus Marlins, also important. 
simply because Marlins sweep the Brewers. That could give the Cubs first place in the Central, and it could also help move the Marlins into that third wild card spot. And knock the Brewers down to the first wild. Like, like if the Marlins sweep the Brewers, it's very possible that two of three teams in the wild card have changed. <laughs> yeah. The whole whole standings could, could change yeah. on the end of the week. Um, yeah, so that that's that's something to definitely watch out out for um because most of the other teams have pretty light schedules like aside from these series it's all fairly light the cubs have the rockies before they have the d-backs uh yeah. d-backs have the mets before they have the cubs the phillies have the cardinals after they have the braves yeah the marlins have uh the brewers which like i yep. said was that important and then the braves which is a difficult like too difficult to be interesting you know um yeah the Reds have uh, the Tigers and the Mets, you know, <laughs> the um, Giants have the Guardians and the Rockies. So it's a lot of like bad teams. And then the Braves who are so good that it's like, you know, you kind of expect that to be a curb stomping. So right. these, at least in the NL, these are really the only series I think that are worth watching. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just like, it's like, it really is either good team versus bad team or good team versus really good team. Um, right. And then these two really interesting stairs. <laughs> so. Right. Um, yeah. It's be interesting to see where this ends up uh, come the end of the week, but those are the series that I've got my eye on this week. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, cool. Well, I think Pat, that makes an episode. Uh, thanks so much for chatting with me on baseball, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, as always. Uh, and uh, just so you know, Rain Delay Radio is executive produced by Lewis. My name is Naim. I edited this episode and every episode. I hosted it along with Pat. Our theme music was composed by Chuck Lease. Rain Delay Radio releases every Monday morning at 1 a.m. Eastern time, and we will talk to you next week. Ooh.